Hello, Frighters! I'm Holland Elise, and this is Fight or Fright. Welcome to Fight or Fright! I'm Holland, and I have a crazy tale today that is a murder for hire? Maybe? It is still an unsolved case, though. Technically. Uh, But I'll get into what I think later. Um, I record these episodes a week early. So here in Seattle, we're facing a lot of things that are going on and a lot of rioting. And I'm not going to say anything to the people that are out there doing whatever they're doing. I it's it's not my place. I'm not out there. But I just want to say everybody keep safe no matter what you're doing. If you're out there protesting, which. I agree with the protesting part. Just stay safe, everybody. And I firmly believe that there's going to be no change if no one speaks up about things. But CVS near me was also broken into and looted. So there's a lot of things going on right now. Just stay safe, everybody. That's what I'm going to leave it at. But now to get into today's crazy story. Imagine... Houston, Texas, October 12th, 2000. Mary Lou Morris is having just a normal morning. She wake up, wakes up, gets ready, goes to work. Um, I imagine she kisses her husband goodbye, gets in the car, walks out the door, but she never makes it to work. Her husband and co-workers were both trying to call her all day and They received no response, which was weird for them, but they never contacted each other, which to me, like when you fill out like the paperwork, when you get a new job, you always have that like emergency contact. So there's a part of me that wonders in no way blaming anyone in this, but I'm like, I'm curious why they wouldn't have just reached out to her like contacts, which would have probably met her husband. But anyway, at 5 p.m., Mary Lou's husband, Jay, calls her office. She worked at a bank and he finds out that she never showed up for work and that they'd been trying to reach her too to figure out what was going on because it wasn't super normal for her to just not show up, not call, all of that. So... Then Jay really begins freaking the fuck out. And he immediately calls the cops. Little did he know that around the same time that he was calling the police, there was a man on an ATV that notices a fire. So he goes to see if he can help or check out the scene, whatever. And he notices that there's a car on fire. And one of the things I found in my research actually was that Firefighters knew about this fire, but they didn't go to the scene because it seemed contained from what it said, which is a little weird to me that like a fire department would be like, ah, no, this is a fine fire. This is okay. (laughs) But (laughs) that's just me. And I don't know what reasoning went into it. If there was like another more like devastating fire that was in the area that they were trying to take care of or what was going on. I have... No idea. I just saw, like, briefly glancing in an article that there was, that firefighters knew about the fire, but 
didn't immediately go to the scene because they thought it was contained. But police, after hearing from the ATV, knowing that Jay's wife is missing, they go to the scene and in the car that's on fire, they find a burnt body, really badly burnt. The only thing that they could use to identify the body as Mary Lou was a tooth fragment. That was the only thing they could use to identify her, which is just horrific to picture. I mean, like picturing it in my mind, just like, <clears throat> like just, oh, that's, that's so horrifying. But also being caught in a fire is probably one of my biggest like nightmares and fears. That and drowning probably. But anyway, they, they also noticed that the reason that the car was on fire was because the body was doused in gasoline and set fire. So as always, police kind of look at the people around her. Uh, and so they start looking at the people that are close to Mary Lou. If she had any enemies, they look at the husband, all of that kind of stuff. So what they were able to find was they couldn't find anyone that she was enemies with. They couldn't find anything in her life. There were no problems with her husband, Jay. There were no enemies at work. There were no enemies in general. There There was nothing that raised any red flags to the police. So... There were some weird phone calls that Jay got. What I came across was Jay got a phone call where the caller ended up asking for Mary Lou. And he was caught off guard and was like, she's not available. She's not here. And he didn't tell them that this was the sheriff's office number, but he gave the caller the number to the sheriff's office. So the caller ends up calling the sheriff's office and when he gets in touch with them, he literally just says something along the lines of like, oh, oh yeah, right, right. And then he never calls any of them again, which was just weird. But the call was long enough for them to trace it. But when they traced it, they weren't able to find the person that it came from, which was interesting but it's also 2000 I mean we're in like 2020 now so who knows if like there's been so much technical technological changes in that short amount of time I mean so who knows what would have happened now but then apparently they couldn't find or pinpoint the exact person that was making the call so they weren't able to find them but as the investigation into Mary Lou Morris's death was getting started, another woman named Mary McGinnis Morris also suffered a violent end. Only three days later. The first death was October 12th. The next one was October 15th or 16th. I'm pretty sure it was October 12th and October 16th, so I did the math wrong. I will never claim to be an accountant. It was like four days later. Anyway, Mary McGinnis also died in her car. And the day that she died, her friend came in to get a flu shot and she was talking to her friend, just kind of like 
essentially like shooting the shit like, ah, oh, this is what I'm doing today. What are you doing today? I'm going to go run some errands. I'm going to go home, make dinner. But while she was running her errands, there was someone that was really spooking her. And while she was in her car, she ended up calling 911. And during this 911 call, it's never been released to the public because her death was recorded on that phone call. She was beaten and shot during that 911 phone call, which is just horrifying, horrifying. So they've never released it to the public. It records her death and basically tells what happens. Essentially, if this was a hitman, which I'll get into, he's a fucking idiot. He's literally killed the wrong, like if this was a hitman, the first person, Mary Morris, who was Mary Lou Morris, he killed and it wasn't the right person. So then he goes to kill another person and he's trying to cover up these scenes, but he's a fucking idiot and he doesn't even do that right. Anyway, leading up to the murder of Mary McGinnis, she was having marital difficulties. So a few weeks before her death, Mary McGinnis Morris's husband, Mike Morris, confronted her and one of their friends because he believed that they were having an affair. From what I saw in one of the articles, he believed when they said that there was nothing going on, but still, if there has to be some marital problems, I personally believe if someone thinks that you're cheating, unless the person's just insecure or something, I don't know, but like, there has to be some sort of insecurity or warning when you think that there's an affair. So I don't know. There was nothing about an affair. And all I saw was that the friend and Mary McGinnis said that there was no affair and he kind of just was put it aside. But Mary McGinnis had more than one difficulty in her life. She wasn't just having marital difficulties. She was having difficulties with a coworker named Dwayne. They did not get along at all. And not too long before her death, there was a note on her desk and all the pictures were turned like the opposite way that they normally are. And the note said, death to her. She was having problems with Dwayne. So she went to her manager or supervisor and was like, what the fuck is this? Look at this, like death to her. What is going on? And Dwayne apparently ended up being fired because she apparently went to her manager about the issues. So after the incident where she got the note that said death to her, Mary McGinnis went out and got a gun because she was actually very afraid of this coworker because he was fired, he blamed her. So she got a gun and Mike, her husband, taught her how to use the gun. I'm just going to say this right now. I'm not a huge proponent of guns. I believe they have their time and place and I get that she was afraid for her life. I personally am not a gun person, but I also don't know how to use them. So I think that's a little bit of where my fear came from. I've never had a gun, never used a gun, never been to a firing range, never even touched one. So I think my fear is more from the unknown side of it, but I'm just not a huge gun fan. And I feel like I'm clumsy enough that it probably wouldn't be good for me to have a weapon in my hands anyway, just because I'm bad at that. 
and Brianna's raising her hand. Sorry, PSA. If you do have a gun and you want to use it or choose to use it, you have to shoot to kill. So if you're not willing to do that, do not get a gun. Statistics have said this. So, so she got a gun and she was freaked out. There's a part of me that like, I know this is my tinfoil conspiracy hat coming on, but she didn't know that it was her coworker. She had no clue it was her coworker. And if she went to her husband to get a gun because she was scared of this coworker, I'm sorry, but if her husband did potentially like not saying he did because there's no evidence that he did, like I said in the beginning, these cases are still technically unsolved. But if he did, and that's how she died, how can we know that the husband, I mean, that's obviously when you're married to someone, you're living with them, you're spending all this time with them, you have dinner with them, you're talking about work, just kind of shooting the shit. Who's to say that he didn't leave that note to throw it off the scent because he obviously is going to know where she works, where her office is and all of that. So I, I just, I don't know. And I'm not saying that he did, but it's also just like, if she didn't see who did it, yes, she can go to the supervisor with all of the different things that happened, but it doesn't necessarily mean it was Dwayne unless there was like video or like CCTV footage of this happening. What happened was the scene was also made to look like a suicide. The shot was made to look like she committed suicide. But obviously she was fucking on the phone with police. Like, fucking dumb are you? She was on the phone with the police. They heard everything go down. They knew she was scared. Investigators were obviously like, there, there's 911. There's signs that she tried to fight back and fend the person off. Like, this isn't a fucking suicide. Anyway, one of the things, like I've talked about with Mike Morris, is he acted a little weird when the police first contacted him. But then, like I said, there's also Dwayne who blames her for being fired. When investigators talked to her husband, Mike, he said he was at the movies with their daughter at the time of his wife's death. But when he failed his polygraph, which is technically unreliable, I don't believe in them. Even the person that invented the polygraph has said how easy it is to defeat and like get yourself to, I mean, I know he didn't pass, but there could be so many reasons. Like if he didn't do this, his wife just died. The amount of stress that he's under. I mean, technically he's now a single parent with a daughter that's stressful. So you could fail a polygraph. So they're not super reliable, but he did fail his polygraph for whatever that's worth to people out there. And he would not allow the investigators to speak to Mary McGinnis and his daughter. He completely just blocked that wall, said, you're not going to talk to her. And like in most cases, that big flashing red light showed itself in the form of a life insurance policy for $700,000 on her life. On top of on top of these things which she's a nurse, she works at a hospital. He he does his thing. I mean, I don't know 
it's you can see those things both ways. Polygraphs, not reliable. The daughter just lost her mother. Do you really want to put her through the pain of being questioned by police when they have to look at the husband? I mean, you always look at the husband. May not always be right, may not always be good, but you do always look at the husband. So do they really, does, would he really want to put his daughter, I didn't find the age of the daughter, but would he really want to put her through that stress when she just lost her mom? Like if I'm putting on like a parent hat, which I'm fucking not a parent, but thinking about like being in those shoes, I don't know how likely I would be or how much I would want my kid to be exposed to the police when they just went through the tragedy of losing their mom. And I'm sorry, I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion, but it never said that the life insurance was put into place right before she died. So who's to say that it wasn't there before and it was just a life insurance policy like most people have on their spouse? I mean, if I had found anywhere online, which correct me if I'm wrong, anyone that knows this case, but I couldn't find anywhere that that life insurance policy was taken out right before she died. But then again, when you flip to the other side and he thought she was having an affair, could like it could go both ways. But anyway, there were two phone calls that apparently police or investigators found a little bit suspicious that occurred after the death. So after Mary was already dead, her husband, Mike, called her phone and The phone company records show that the call lasted for four minutes. He's like, no, 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 no. That did not happen. We did not talk for four minutes. That is completely wrong. I tried to get in touch with her, but I never actually reached her. We did not talk for four minutes. How is a phone company's logs? Like, I've never heard of a phone company's logs being off like that. I've heard, like, the ping and the tower being off. But, I mean, if you think of fucking taking Uber, they'll be on a completely different street than you ask them to pick them up up on. Like, that, like, I can understand, like, a ping and location being wrong. But I've never, in the past, like, with all the true crime things I've looked into, I've never seen the time of a call being off but he says that it was not true people thought and there were like rumors and talks about that could have been a phone call between mike and a hitman confirming the hit that his wife was dead also there was a call to the houston chronicle and the caller said that the first murder was a mistake And they never found out who made that call. All the gist of what they said and the only thing that the Houston Chronicle got was that the first murder was a mistake. So tinfoil hat there. Just just a little little interesting. Another thing that pointed to it potentially being a hitman was that Mary Lou, who was the first one to die, her wedding ring was removed. And from the research I've done on this case, that is technically a sign that a hitman uses to prove that the job was finished. So on top of that, I mean, both scenes were tried to be covered up. One was burnt. And I think that the person was hoping that the everything would be burnt. I mean, which 
a lot of it was burnt by the time investigators and people got to the scene. But I think they hoped that there was like very little of the car left, very little of just not much there for them to do, which there wasn't. All they could do was use a tooth fragment. So which is just horrendous and horrible and awful to think about. When I th- when I think about that scene, though, actually, there's a Criminal Minds episode where they're trying to get out of the house like the house is on fire and the family's trying to get out but all the doors are locked and that that just terrifies me but also i'm sorry if this is a spoiler alert and you don't watch um oh what is it called the super bowl chili anyway the other thing that pointed to it like i said was the fire but also that they tried to make the second scene of Mary McGinnis looked like a suicide, which is fucking stupid because she was on the phone with the police. So there's obviously recorded evidence that she didn't commit suicide. But anyway, Mary Lou had her wedding ring removed. They tried to cover up both the scenes. Technically, to investigators, they still don't link these two incidents. They think they're both tragic and they do believe that they're both murders, but they don't link them. They think they're two separate incidents. So the families obviously do not agree with this because Mary Lou had no enemies. No one wanted to kill her. So the only way I could see that this this is true is it's like one of those like stranger on a train type of shit where like the husbands are like, Oh my God, you're married to a Mary Morse. I'm married to a Mary Morse. What the fuck? I want her done. I want her, I want her out of here. But I don't think that's the case. I legitimately think that there's a dumbass hitman who got the wrong Mary Morse because from the pictures I've seen of them, because they put them in some of the, articles about them they had similar characteristics one was a little bit older than the other but they both had like like darker brown hair the same kind of like eyes like the things that you would use and I mean honestly in a city as big as Houston like you can look at it both ways like one what are the chances that there's two Mary Morrises and that you'd have to specify, no, 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 it's Mary McGinnis Morris, not Mary Lou Morris. Like, what are the chances you'd have to make that distinguishing factor? But I, I don't know. The only other thing that could be explained is it's a stranger on a train thing. But I just don't think that that's possible. I think there's like a dumbass hitman that possibly. So in the podcasts I've listened to, I've heard about this thing. It's a book that's called Hitman, a technical manual for independent contractors. So this was written by a guy named Rex Furrell, which uh, is obviously a pseudonym. And it was published in 1983. And Peter Lund was one of the people who helped publish it. And... He said that a housewife from Florida was the person that wrote the book. 
but it was a man named Richard Oliver Hans Jr., according to Wikipedia, <laughs> the best source. <laughs> but it was typed out by a, by a woman. So he wrote it and had all the experience to this how-to hitman book. But they got in a lot of trouble because people literally took this as a how-to book and because they themselves are fucking idiots got caught because they're dumb. So the book eventually went out of print because of all of that. I don't know. It just, it kind of makes me think of that because it makes me think of the, like, if a hitman did do this, I I don't know. He's just, he's just kind of an idiot. And hitman, don't come after me. I'm sorry to critique your work, but both scenes from what I've read in my research, both scenes were considered to be murders. I mean, they didn't catch the person who did it. And I guess technically the investigators still think these are two separate accidents, but I think it'd be a huge coincidence if two women named Mary Morris was were killed in the same city. That's just, that's a huge coincidence for me. And I really just kind of don't believe in coincidences. And with Mary Lou's ring being gone, what if like the hitman took that and was like, here, Mike Morris, ring drop. And he's like, that's not my wife's ring. And he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I mean, someone literally called the Houston Chronicle saying the first one wasn't the right person. They couldn't find who it was. So, I mean, it could have been like a hoax but what if, what if it wasn't and this hitman had a conscience and was like oh gosh I wasn't paid for this job oh man <laughs> I mean I mean it, I don't agree with hitman but it's technically a business he was getting paid to kill this one person and he killed the wrong person and it, like I said all I can think of is just like instead of a mic drop he just drops the ring in front of the person and is like there we go and they're like no no you didn't do that right it's just it's horribly sad because I know that Mike Morris and Mary McGinnis Morris had a child together so that girl grew up without her mom or I think she was like a teenager so she's still she might not have grown up without her mom but like her mom missed a lot of a lot of the like milestones in her life which is really sad and this is like what I'm saying is only speculation because I have no idea who killed these two women. All I know is that it's a huge coincidence that two women in Houston, three days apart, were killed. Sorry, four days apart were killed. That's that's just a, that's a bit too much of a coincidence. I think it's a little too weird that that's how that worked out. So I don't know who did it. And even if even if someone was going after Mary McGinnis Morris, could it have been the guy that she got fired? Could it have been her husband? Like, even when it comes to like a hitman and who could have done this, you don't really know because there, sadly, Mary McGinnis had more than one person in her life that like things weren't like amazing with. Like, not to say that she ever did anything wrong or 
it doesn't seem like she had an affair with that friend that she was confronted about. And who knows what happened with the coworker, but those two people, like one was fired and one thought she was having an affair. None of us will ever know. I mean, there's, so I guess in one way, if it was a hitman, yes, they were an idiot and both were considered murders, but they're still no closer to solving who did this and what happened. I mean, they know how they died, but they don't know who did it. They don't even know if it's the same person, which is why they can't come out and say that these are connected because technically they're four days apart. They can't say that they're connected. It's just two tragic accidents with people with the same name. So I don't know what happened. I just find this case super interesting because there's a lot of ways you can fall on it. Like, was it a hit? Was it not a hit? Were these two tragic accidents? Were they not? Was, like, obviously the first one wouldn't have been the main victim and the person they were going after if it was a hit. But, like, there's a lot of things that go into this and it's not solved still. And it's just really, it's really weird. What's chilling is, like, you can listen to a lot of 911 calls. A lot of them you can find somewhere and listen to them. I hear it on true crime podcasts all the time. Like, I listened to this 911 call. I did this, blah, 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 blah. But with this one, like, it's so upsetting that they didn't even release the 911 call. Like, that's that's just really sad to me. And it's really tragic that two women with the same name, no matter who killed them? What happened? It's really tragic that within three to four days, these two women were dead and in horrible ways. I mean, having gasoline like and being caught on like and then being having your car and you be on fire. And then the other one being on a phone call with 911 beaten and shot like that's just either way you look at it, whether it's a hit or not, it's just a tragic like really sad occurrence, but it's also always fascinated me just because of the questions that are left. Like it's two people with the same name. Like it's just, it's always been something that's kind of interesting to me. I can't remember what podcast I heard about the Mary Morris murders, but it's always been something that's interested me. And I've kind of like, I always go back and forth, like what happened because I mean, I think they were both killed and I feel like it has to have something to do with one of them. And I don't know if it was a hit or what, but it just seems really sad that that this happened. And it's going to be really hard to figure out what happened if like 20 years later, I mean, cases are always solved, but 20 years later, they still haven't solved it and still don't know exactly what happened and can only kind of theorize but it's just always been an interesting case and something that I've thought a lot about so that's another episode of fight or fright I hope you enjoyed it I have a question for you yeah okay so if you could pick any unsolved case to get solved what would it be see right when you started asking that my first the first thing that came to my mind is John Bonet Ramsey. But, but I have a feeling that I know what happened. 
in that case. I kind of think that her brother could have killed her and then the parents didn't want to lose both of their kids, so they covered up for him. So I kind of feel like that is what happened with John Vinay. So I think if I had to pick one case that I would actually like do and want to solve, it would be it would be Jack the Ripper. I've kind of just always been fascinated by Jack the Ripper. And I'm also, as we learned last week with my Two Princes episode, obsessed with London and England and the UK. So <laughs> that case has always been super interesting to me. And a lot of a lot of people died. And sadly, it's kind of the case like today with it's like prostitutes and people that like don't get as much coverage as sad as this sounds, and maybe this sounds a little bit like pessimistic, but I feel like if those women in Jack the Ripper times, like if I know they didn't have DNA and they didn't have like all the technology we have now, but I feel like if that were, if those were rich women that were aristocrats or in high society, I have a feeling they probably would have traced down who it was. I think in those times, even like it is now, and I said prostitutes, I'm sorry. I know that it's sex workers and that's the more respectful way to talk about that. So back then, sex workers, just like now, it was super taboo. And it's even it was even more taboo back then. And it might have been a member of the aristocracy that they think was Jack the Ripper. Exactly. There's many theories on who Jack the Ripper was, but especially if it was an aristocrat. Like, fuck, they'd be like, oh, we're not, we're not doing this. <laughs> we're not going to, this guy's rich. We're not going to put his name under the bus for this. So I think Jack the Ripper is one that I would really want to like, it's kind of like those things when you think of like, I, I feel like has Let's Go go, go to Court talked about it or is it, an, it might've been um Two Girls, One Ghost, but a podcast I listened to, they're like, if if you went to like heaven, like after you died, wherever you go, whatever you believe, if you go there and you're like, they're like, okay, you can, you can know the answer to one case and like, who did it? I think I would choose Jack the Ripper. I don't know. It's, it's just one that's always interested me. And I mean, now like the, a lot of the other serial killers that like were, were big, like the Golden State Killer and all of them, like those have now been solved through DNA. It would be so interesting if somehow they had like kept the DNA for Jack the Ripper, like to be able to do tests now, but they couldn't have even fathomed the technology that we have now. I mean, in like the 60s or 70s, they probably couldn't have fathomed the technology that we have now. So especially in like the 18, late 1800s, they like wouldn't have been able to think of what we have available now, but that would be really interesting to have like cut and dry, solved, not a cold case anymore. Like this is the person that did it. But I kind of agree with what you said that the, someone in the aristocracy probably was like, I'll pay you papers. We're not gonna. Or what if, I mean, they could have had a relationship with the police force, like with the, I don't know what they're called in London. I know they're called the Garda in Ireland from when I studied abroad there. Scotland Yard? Scotland Yard, yeah. 
like it would it would be interesting if maybe he had a relation to to that or he was aristocracy so he could buy people off who knows i like we'll we'll never know but it's just a really interesting case and also really sad because a lot of people were horrifically killed i think if i could pick two the other one would be black dahlia to know if like that in the night tv show i think that was about like I know there's a lot of people that believe that they know who did it, but we'll never be 100% sure. And I say Black Dahlia, it's Elizabeth Smart. I should use her name. That's the name that the media gave her. And I just feel like it's more respectful to actually use the victim's name, Elizabeth Smart. I know a lot of, like, the family of, I forget his name. Shit. But there's a family that believes that their dad was the one that did this. Oh, sorry, not in the night. It's I am the night. And so the Hodel family believes that George Hodel did it. But, I mean, he died before these accusations came out. So we'll ne- we wouldn't be 100% sure. We can think that he did it. And he did some pretty f- fucked up shit. Mm-hmm. We... Like, that would be another interesting one to have, like, 100% certainty of this is who did this. I think Jack the Ripper or Elizabeth Smart are, like, the two that are on the top of my mind of, like, I would love to have 100% certainty on who did this. So, yeah, that was another episode of Fight or Fright, and I hope you enjoyed it. Like you'll hear on my outro, just rate and subscribe. It really helps me pass it along to your friends. If you enjoyed the episode, just let me know how I'm doing. You can reach out to me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of those places. I have an e- I have an email for Fight or Fright. Just feel free to reach out to me. So that's another episode. I'll be back next week and I'll see you then. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Fight or Fright. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Fight or Fright Pod and on Gmail at Fight or Fright Pod at gmail.com. Twitter is the only one that's a little bit different in there, and that's at Fight Fright Pod. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would really appreciate it, and it would really help me if you rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Even just spreading the word to family, friends, people you know that enjoy true crime, mysteries, paranormal, all of that kind of stuff. And this is Holland, and I'll see you next week when I tell you another crazy story. And remember, you don't have to fight this fright.